0: SECTION 0 OF OLD RAIL FENCE CORNERS This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Ingle OLD RAIL FENCE CORNERS Edited by Lucy Leavenworth Wilder Morris EXPLANATORY how little we know about what we don't know! During my search for a map of the old trails and roads of Minnesota, public libraries were thoroughly investigated, but no book or map could be found showing these old highways. A few old maps in the historical library bore snatches of them, but in their entirety they had disappeared from books and maps, as well as from our state. They might be the foundations for modern roads, But only the names of those modern roads survived, so they were lost. Months of research work failed to resurrect them. Although a map was made from the fragmentary pieces on old maps, filled out by what the pioneers who had traveled those roads could furnish, all old maps seemed to have disappeared from the state. We had one of the new territory of Minnesota when it was admitted in 49, but just threw it out when we cleaned house lately. "'I think it came from Washington,' said one dear old pioneer woman. "'What do you want of those old roads, anyway?' said another. "'If you had been over them as I have, you would know how much better these roads are, and be glad they are gone.' It was hard to locate them from hearsay, for, when we asked, did it go through Alexandria, the answer was, there was no town on it after leaving St. Cloud, so I can't say just where it went." but we went to Fort Garry and crossed the river at Georgetown. Finally, after nearly a year's hard work, as we were on our way to the capital to look over the first government surveys, Mr. George Ralph was met, became interested, and drew part of these trails from the old plats for this map. When a surveyor goes into a new country to make a government survey, he's required to place on that plat every trail, road, or plowed field. John Ryan, who worked in the forties, was the only one we found who always followed these directions. He would survey several townships, and there would be the much-wanted road. Some other surveyor would do the one below, and there would be a break. But John would take hold a little further on, and the trail could be joined from the direction shown. Later this map made was compared with old maps since destroyed at the army building in St. Paul, and found correct. The three great routes for the Red River carts to St. Paul, the great fur market, which used to come down by the hundreds from the Pembina and Fort Garry country, are shown. One through the Minnesota Valley, one through the Sauk Valley, and the most used of all through the Crow Wing Valley by way of Leaf Lake. They used to come to the headwaters of the Mississippi in 1808. Footnote: From Captain Alexander Henry's diary about the Red River country in 1801, presented to Ottawa, he also says that there were 1,500 of these carts there in 1808. End footnote. The Wabasha Prairie Road, called Winona Trail on this map, was a very old one, as also were those leading to the Sacred Pipestone Quarries and the Sacred Spirit Lake. There is a tradition that there was a truce between all tribes when these trails were followed. Mrs. J. T. M., the Book Committee, a subcommittee of the Old Trails and Historic Spots Committee, Daughters of the American Revolution, appointed by the Chairman Mrs. James T. Morris, Mrs. William J. Moorhart, Mrs. E. C. Chatfield, Mrs. S. R. Van Sant, Miss Beatrice Longfellow, Miss Rita Kelly, Mrs. F. W. Little, Mrs. O. H. Shepley, Mrs. Alonzo Phillips. Mrs. Guy Maxwell. Miss Marion Moyer. Mrs. E. A. Welch. Miss Ida Wing. Mrs. Mary E. Partridge. Mrs. L. Torrance. Miss Stella Cole. Mrs. C. A. Bierman. Mrs. Charles Keith. Miss Emily Brown. Mrs. G. C. Lyman. Mrs. A. B. Kercher, Mrs. W. S. Woodbridge, Miss K. Maud Kloom. THE REASON When I was a child, my grandmother, Lucy Leavenworth Sherwood, used to show us a little map drawn on the back of a cotillion invitation by her cousin Henry Leavenworth, the first officer at Fort Snelling. He was there in 1819. It was yellow with age, but showed Fort Snelling, Lake Harriet, named for his wife other lakes and two rivers that yellow bundle of letters read to us and the stories she told of this her favorite cousin as he had told them to her never failed in breathless interest few of them remain with me the painted indian in his canoe on the river the indian runner stand out vividly but the valuable stories contained in those old letters are gone Nothing was ever a greater surprise than the loss of those stories when I tried to recall them years later. The Bible with the map and all those letters were burned when the home was destroyed by fire. These valuable data have disappeared. The knowledge that this was so made me listen with the greatest attention to stories told by the old settlers and record them. All at once the realization came that they, too, were fast disappearing, taking their stories with them, It was impossible for me to get all these precious reminiscences before it was too late. It must be done at once by a large number of interested women. These were found in our committee, who have gathered these data most lovingly, and financed this book. The proceeds are for patriotic work in Minnesota, as deemed best by the committee. It is hoped that our first work will be the raising of a monument to the pioneer women of our state. Those unsung heroines, Should not their heroism be heralded while some still live? We thank these dear friends, who have made this little volume possible by their warm interest. Every item in this book has been taken personally from a pioneer. Each one is a mesh in a priceless lace fabric. That fabric, Minnesota history. If each mesh is not flawless, if age has weakened them, does not the pattern remain? Lucy Leavenworth Wilder Morris End of section 0